What's up, guys? It's your hosts, Nicolette and Jenna. Let's get ready to uncork and unwind. After yet um, another month off from recording the podcast, I am keeping the spark alive. I'm bringing it back, except I don't have Nicolette here in the studio with me today. Nicolette is very busy. She just moved. Um, Location will be announced on her own terms, and she has like more wedding events and stuff coming up, so she was not available this week to record, so I decided... I was going to bring somebody else on as my co-host and it is currently 8:10 p.m. on a Tuesday and I just happened to live with this woman so I was like, "Hey, do you want to come on the podcast?" and I'm going to do a short little introduction and we're going to bring her on. So, some of you may know her for her famous penny vodka. Um, some of you may know her for her sass and some of you may know her as the one and only Big Lee. Wow. Remember to lean in if you're going to Wow, talk. that is some introduction. I hope I'm better known for some other things besides food. Food sass and, and, and Big Lee. Big Lee. So let's actually backtrack. My dad, her name is Lisa, but my dad always would call her Lily growing up. It was always like, oh, Lily. It was like kind of like a joke though. Yeah. Did he call you that as like a couple? Actually, my friend Pam oh. was the one that was only able to call me Lily. Nobody else can get away with it. So once in a while, I allowed my husband to call me Lily to be cute. But no, Pam was the only one that was allowed to call me Lily. And somehow Lily turned into Lee and then Lee turned into Big Lee because it was always a joke that my mom, she's like 5'2", 5'3", five two. Five two. Like 5'2". So she's clearly not big. But we call her Big Lee. And um, it, it just stuck. It's her contact name in my in my phone. My friends call her Big Lee or just Lee. It's just like, it's what slips off the tongue when I like need something from her. How do you feel about that? Does it bother you at all, actually? Well, like, I, I don't ever really call you mom. I remember the original story when I was coming up to visit Jenna at college and she told her friends that Big Lee was coming. So I was like, oh my goodness, they're going to think like this crazy woman is coming up to visit her daughter and I think they thought I was going to be a big person not that there's anything wrong with that but that's what I think her description of me was as Big Lee so when I walked in and they looked at me they go you're Big Lee because I stood next to Jenna and there's clearly like five inches, five inches between us so if they thought it was kind of comical that my nickname of all things would be Big Lee so that's where I believe the story started from in 2012. Yeah, but I always called you Lee for like a while. Yeah, sometimes we would get Lee, 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 Lee. So you can have any kind of variety of Lee, but I still answer to mom. That's a good one. <laughs> so long as it doesn't really bother you or it does? No, no, I'm not that sensitive. I'd rather okay. be called Big Lee than other things. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, I meant more from coming from like me. Like, I call you mom here and there, but it's not, yeah. like, as common. No, it's okay. I don't, okay, I'm, that's I'm good. not insulted. No, absolutely not. It's out of love. For I hope. sure. <laughs> See, guys, self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So, Big Lee is a big supporter of the podcast. Um, I actually think you, you normally look forward to it, especially when I'm not home. Like, when I'm living in another state working, she, you would always text me being like, oh, it's like, I get to hear your voice. 
even though we're like, you know, we could obviously talk to each other on the phone, but it's just like a different, well, I've, it's different. It's different because like I said, I enjoy her being around, but you learn things about someone when they're talking to other people who are talking to, you know, followers or whatnot about someone that you think you know a lot about, but you learn so much. You're like, oh my, did she really say that? And now Wait, I'm like, do you have an example? <laughs> Anything that sticks out? Well, sometimes I hear her do random things like kiss boys out of nowhere. <laughs> what do you mean? Or... I always tell you that anyway. I, no, I, I know, but it's funny when it comes over the air. When I guess, I'm not yeah. expecting it. Or let's see. Um, hmm. Your time to think. I can always Yeah, I, I got to think about that. Um, I'll have to come back to you on that one. Okay, we can circle back. Um... Yeah, I think the podcast made me learn some stuff about myself too. Because like Nick Lowe and I would get into conversations and I'm like, oh, I didn't really know I felt this way or I don't know. I feel like it helped me kind of grow a little bit as well. And it's, it was a, it's an outlet for us. Um, granted, we haven't always been recording in quite some time, but like I do miss it. Like when we were so regular and stuff. But just life. But when you, you know, as a mom, when you're an empty nester and your kids leave, it's definitely, it makes you feel like I hear it in her voice that she's okay hmm. um, from the podcast. I, I, I would know if she was, you know, depressed or sad, but she always seems so happy. And um, there's always something new that I learn about her. And I always comment, good, bad, and indifferent. I definitely always send her a text. <laughs> I agree with you on this, or I don't know about that, but oh my goodness about this. But I yeah. do, I definitely... When she first started it, I definitely was like, what are you guys going to talk about? And um, I've gone back to like her holiday edition to when I couldn't think of gifts for her. Or really? When she like, she specified her favorite candies in her opening intro about, you know, your first. Oh, like the first two the episodes. The first one, like meet Jenna, then meet Nicolette. Yeah. I'm like, what was her favorite candy? And I try to listen and remember because, you know, as we get older, <laughs> we, we don't want to mess up because you all know Jenna. You don't want the wrath of Jenna. No. So I, um, I try to stay on her good side. It's actually a running joke that I have <laughs> that my mom didn't keep like any, <laughs> she's going to, she's going to get so mad, like baby book on me. But my brother's baby book is so descriptive. And I always like, oh, what was like my first food and you're like oh I think I have it written down somewhere meanwhile Michael's book it's like mashed bananas and am I right well I do have a calendar of events that that unfortunately Jenna didn't have as many milestones as Michael so there wasn't much to fill in because he was so advanced compared to her was he though (laughs) he was actually Actually, he was Jenna caught up but Michael was really advanced I gotta tell you was I like all right let's let's backtrack a little bit let's let's backtrack to to your relationship with Johnny Albo, a.k.a. my father. And then we can get into, like, motherhood. Because I think that's, like, something oh, kind of interesting. Fine. So my dad and my mom have been married for 38. Oh, my God, I almost said 36. So 38 years, which is a very long time. They met when you were 19. Correct. And my dad was 21. Yep. And got married when my mom was 23 and my dad was 25, which nowadays is extremely young. To get married for the most part, like not statistically, like stereotypically. And, but they were married for six years before getting pregnant with my brother. My mom was 29 for her first child, which is crazy. That would be me being pregnant right now, which is wild. I can imagine that more than I can getting married at 23. 
That's true. But I mean, you know, being back, I mean, when I got married, I mean, we never traveled. We didn't go on vacations. It's a whole different type of, uh, you know, upbringing. We always went out with friends every Saturday night. We didn't have social media. We, you know, we made plans. We would switch every weekend to go to somebody else's house and hang out. We really had a a very good social network of friends and we had a great, you know, early uh, beginning of our of our marriage we always said we wanted to wait because we wanted to buy a house and my husband and I were very goal-oriented so we did set did do that we saved we bought our first house and then we said we're gonna wait another year before getting pregnant because I wanted to stay home and we wanted to make sure we Mm. were able to stay home based on my husband's income and I was very fortunate to do that in 1991 when I had my son and it was uh, a good decision for me is it interesting for you to look at the the difference between parenting when you were, when we were babies compared to parents nowadays, like you very rarely hear the mom staying home from work for the most part nowadays, because I don't know if it's whether like life's more expensive or whatever it may be, or if just females want more independence in whatever way, shape or form, whereas you took more of the traditional Correct, route. Traditional. Well, I was educated. I did have a college degree, so it wasn't about education for me. Um, I think the the amount of money that is spent today on just basic overhead, I mean, cable, cell phones, um, you know, gas and electric, you name it, is so much more higher than when we had to pay for it. I mean, heat and hot water came with your apartment, and, yeah. you know, we didn't, our cable was $25. So now when you see these, cable bills and cell phone bills, you need almost that second income just to cover the basic luxuries, the internet, you know, so that we can function. Um, but I didn't have to sacrifice anything. I think we still lived a good life. But again, mm-hmm. the things, things weren't as expensive as far as our living, you know, I mean, it, you know, for us. But um, we, uh, that's what we always planned. And I wanted to try because my mother did it. But I Try what? Try staying home and oh, being a stay-at-home mom and seeing if we could do it. And like I said, um, you know, but I also wasn't a, a, a mom that needed a lot. I didn't need mani-pedis every few weeks. I didn't get my hair highlighted. Those weren't things that were common. And I'm not saying people didn't get it done, but my group of friends. Were simple. We were, we were simple. We were very happy and very simple. And yeah. I think we just enjoyed enjoyed our life because, and we were, a lot of us were doing the same thing. It wasn't just me. Well, but... I think that, I mean, growing up, we always had a vacation or a trip planned. I mean, ever since I was in, in the womb, you know, we were always doing something, but you the- know, and so it's, it's, it's not like you didn't want to necessarily spend money. It's just, you didn't care about some of the materialistic things. Right. And, and growing maybe up, maybe my generation cares more about, like I always have my nails done. Correct, but growing up, I was one of four, and we were we had uh, a beautiful home. We had lots of love, but there wasn't extras for the vacation. But that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. So I decided I was going to have two children and make memories with my kids, and that was something that we felt was very important to spending time with them, going to different places. I mean, we didn't go to exotic places, but we did have some great family trips. Yeah, and I think some of our best memories are when uh, we were on vacation and sometimes we went with friends and and just continue to have fun but that is something that I could never t- get back if I didn't do that so that's something that dad and I always are happy that we made sure we did that time with you guys but even things like vacations has transitioned into a whole different ball game 
as you know, now families are taking their kids to Europe as a oh, family absolutely. vacation. Whereas yes. when we grew up, it was like an all-inclusive resort, which is fabulous. Or it was Florida or it was something of that sort. You know what I mean? So... But that's the culture that we're trying to expose your your generation wants to be exposed to. You know, Europe is amazing. And, and yeah. you know, some people are into going to museums and art, you know, art museums in, in Paris and things like that. But mm-hmm. it's definitely something that uh, if you can expose your children to that, that's an amazing gift. It's a privilege. And a privilege. But, yeah. you know, um, that's definitely something that I would encourage for your generation to definitely continue trying to bring your kids to you know i'm not saying be, bring them be culturally three. educated educated yeah and appreciate how the I other mean, people live my first time in europe i was so culture shocked i was like the toilets look different the i don't know it was just every every little thing that you maybe wouldn't typically think of was different and i was like i would have never known that obviously if i hadn't like obviously that's a minor detail but right, right. i remember being like what is this and you have to also remember a lot of that studying abroad wasn't part of my college education yeah you know money wasn't like I paid for my own school so in it's something that I had to do but it made me a good worker and a stronger person but you know it was I don't think there was much opportunity I don't think there was a lot of people studying abroad so I think that's an extra plus for um you know children of my my age that they got to have that opportunity if they wanted it Mm -hmm. you know it's a great opportunity for 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 young adults yeah so you and dad, you know, you yep. met 19 and 21. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite stories. Let me <laughs> let me wrap it really quick. But they basically met at a club called Butterfields. Right. Correct? Okay. And my dad asked my mom to dance. And if you guys know my dad, and I know a lot of you do, he is a little bit of an awkward fella. I wouldn't necessarily say he has rhythm. So when I think back to the story, I kind of giggle because I'm – I'm impressed that he even had the guts to even go up to you and ask you to dance. But my mom, mom hard rejected him. She said, no. What did you say? Do you remember what you said specifically? We were just like, no, thank you. I said, well, you know, I mean, I knew he was, he was having a hard time approaching me, but we were with a group <laughs> of friends um, that, you know, I knew his friends. So it's not it was like, like he a was mutual a ish. Yeah. yeah but that was your first time friend. meeting in person. Yeah. Yeah. But I saw he was a little, you know, awkward and, and he was also trying to be funny with me when he would talk to me so I thought I was being kind of funny by saying no but it definitely hurt his feelings yeah but then you walked away I did and my girlfriend goes you I can't believe you said no to him go back and talk to him so I turned around and I said which friend was that Mary shout out Mary Mary. yep I turned around and I went back and uh he danced and then he asked to take me out you know back then you, you didn't talk for six years um, you dated <laughs> like right away yeah yeah but he uh asked me to go to a movie and I'm I'm pretty sure I asked him to dinner to cook for him on our first date because a key to a man's heart is to their stomach <laughs> you so, knit what did you cook him oh we made eggplant parmesan and he nice. was interrogated by my two siblings but you, you had him you had him for meet- dinner yeah, it came As right your over. first date? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, my memory's All right, getting ladies old. out there, you would not be doing that nowadays. <laughs> no, 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 no. Do not do that. <laughs> Imagine I just brought home a random guy and and was like, hey, mom, let's make let's make some <laughs> eggplant parm. You'd be like, excuse me, who even is this man? Well, yeah. It was more normalized. It was more normal. And then we went to a movie and 
he got me a soda and somehow I spilled it on his pants and I'm still reminded that our first day, Every day. I was so nervous I spilled a drink on his pants which but is But don't true. worry Johnny Apple would say it was Sprite so it was clear right? <laughs> and it didn't stain. <laughs> it didn't stain. Oh I've heard all the stories. Yeah that's true. And then the rest is history. And the rest is history and here we are. <laughs> so you have two children you have Chalupa Michael and you have perfect Jenna. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um did you always know you wanted to be a mom? Like growing oh, up, did you have dreams of being a mom? I was babysitting at a very young age because like I said, I had to pay for a lot of things. So I always found ways to make money. And babysitting was very easy because I always loved children. Mm-hmm. Um, I would weed the neighbor's lawn. I would groom sheepdogs. You name it, I would find a way to make money. But kids was definitely something I felt I was good at because I was very calm and I wasn't you know, nervous. And, um, I was babysitting one time. I was probably 13 and uh, a child that I was babysitting, um, was eating. She was three. And all of a sudden she starts choking. And, um, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I mean, she was choking. So I tried to relieve some of the food that was in her mouth. And I called my, called 911, called my mother across the street and I called the parents and it ended up that the child had a disease that called myasthenia gravis which her muscles weren't you get tired kind of at the end of the day and she was swallowed the food whole and the parents did not know she had this and i basically you know reacted quick enough um to get her help um but that was you know i i like i said i remained calm even though i didn't go in the ambulance but i knew what to do um and the and the child was fine obviously and later on you know we went to visit them when she was in her teens they moved to boca and we went to visit them and we stayed in touch for quite some time because they always thanked me for, for saving her. But hmm. what I'm, you know, I was calm, so I knew I wanted to have kids. And um, I also planned, you know, how far apart. I did the best I can to plan because we were very much regimented as... You were very much very regimented. Much regimented. <laughs> well, I guess dad is to an extent, yeah, but yeah. he's probably not as much... No. I mean, I'm, we were very blessed that when we wanted children, we were blessed with them. So yeah. we were, you know, we, we just find ourselves, you know, we're very lucky, very lucky. So, and again, if I had two boys, I was having two boys. If I had a boy You were only going to do two? We decided two was good for our family, and we were sticking to that. I remember wanting a younger sibling. I wanted a little sister. And I said, and you I said absolutely that. not. I couldn't promise that because you don't know, you know. But um, I'm glad I have my two, and they're both great, great adults, and mm-hmm. I love that they get along. Now. And, uh, well, siblings are siblings. I'm I know. We did not get along growing up. I don't think you were as bad as you think you were. Don't, Mom. <laughs> yeah, we were behind closed doors. <laughs> Me and Michael, the thing is, though, when, when, when Michael and I would hang out with Kyle and Haley Riker... Uh-huh. I would take on Kyle, and Haley somehow would take on Michael, even though Haley's, like, smaller than me. Uh-huh. But we were we were always arguing. Me and Michael are... Now we get along way better than we ever did, but we, we never saw eye to eye. Michael suffered from first child syndrome, for those <laughs> of you who are first, a first child, for freaking sure. Well, I used to say to him, I says, Michael, you had three years of my attention. I didn't have to share you with anybody. So, And then I came will, along. She will never get that time that you got, just me and you. And he started to realize, oh, yeah, okay. So she probably barely remembers that time yeah, as much but anyway. But that was, you know, the best time. But then you got to remember, all the mistakes I made on Michael, I got better at it for her. So, oh, well. See? Sorry, Michael. That's <laughs> why it turned out the way I did. Um, uh, so I... I I feel like, if you could agree, a big difference in 
dating during your generation and now dating during my generation is the simplicity I would say behind it and the lack of social media, the lack of comparison, the lack of grass is greening on the other side. I just, or whatever, like you literally got to propose to you at breakfast, right? The ring yeah, was on a fork. Yeah, you guys yeah. were eating pancakes. Yeah. It was so, there was no photographer. There was no big extravaganza. There was no, and nowadays, and I'm not, I mean, I'm going to be guilty of it if and when I ever get engaged. Like I'm going to want something Memorable. at least photographed or mm-hmm. videographed mm-hmm. or whatever. But part of me does envy dating in your generation because I just think that I'm a little bit more of an older soul in that sense. Right. Do you like. But my expectations, because it's, again, it's not an expectation. I mean, we obviously talked about it. We looked at rings. So you know it's eventually coming. But it's like the promposals. We just got asked to the prom, or I did. Actually, I asked someone to my senior prom because he didn't. He worked with me. So I think like you said, the expectations, you can't be disappointed when it's just simple and nonchalant and it means the same thing and it works the same way. And, you know, you get excited just like you are if you're, you know, somewhere special, but we were just two people just, you know, yeah. It's nice and simple. But when you say expectations, because you asked me just a few days ago if, if I think I have too high of expectations in a person, but I didn't really necessarily know what you, what, in what category or in what sense did you mean? Like expectations of something like an extravagant proposal is different than expectations in a, a behavior or... Right, right. That's true. Do you That's know what true. I mean? Yeah, like right. so... Well, your expectations of people, I mean... Um, I mean, guys are guys. I mean, guys in 1980s are the same as guys in 2023. They're guys. So a funny story I recently told you is when um, my husband and I went on a date and he dropped me off and then he goes, all right, I'm going to go see my friends. I go, what do you mean you're going to see your friends? Mm -hmm. Wasn't my date with you enough? You're not satisfied. You have to go. Yep. You have to go out with your guys, you know, with your bros. And, uh, you know, as a good guy that he is, he said, fine, I will go home because I probably had a curfew probably when I was <laughs> Maybe not or just our day was over. Well, and but, listen, I was on your side with that because I probably would have felt just as, as because it was the beginning of your relationship. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like you weren't satisfied with, yeah. you know, the night you have to go do something more fun. Like, you know, so, uh, but he tells that story also very often because we laugh like, you know, I was not afraid to tell him. I was not shy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was extremely shy. And actually, when he came over, my mom said, what are you going to do with him? He's so quiet. I go, I like it that way because I get to do all the talking. Well, that he's, has He's not changed. that quiet anymore. That has changed. But <clears throat> anyway. All right. So and then, so what else do you think is wrong with my generation? I don't think there's things wrong. I just think that... It's not that it's wrong. I love your, let's see, what's the word I'm looking for? I love your outlook. I love the whole go big or go home. Um, But sometimes go big or go home puts you in, gets you in trouble. Sometimes I said live, you know, live for the moment. Like debt-wise? Like debt. I mean, again, I don't know people's No, but I mean specifically like, like dating. What's wrong with my generation? Yeah. Dating? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I mean, I think... The divorce rate, if you were to do it, say, within the last 20 years, potentially might be higher than the divorce rate during your time. I don't know. Well, Stop, I think don't it still quote used me. to be one in four. It was pretty high back but I, then. But I do feel like a lot of people, 
are getting divorced younger or I don't know. I just feel like there's something or, or not many people are getting into relationships. Like, well, when I was dating, we living together was not something that was common. It did occur, but it wasn't common. I highly encourage for your uh, generation living with someone because living with someone and well, dating yeah. someone are two I different things. You, majority and you hate to do. say test the water because I didn't test the water and we did just fine. But I think women are stronger. They're more assertive. They express their opinions. And if a guy can't handle that, you are going to let them know how you feel. I think women maybe of my generation just kind of just squashed it and ignored it mm-hmm. and just let it go because it's not that big of a deal. But I think it's important to be, you know, open and communicate because they didn't read our minds back then and they're not reading your minds now. So I don't yeah. think that has changed. But I don't, I think you got to remember men are mature differently than women. That's why I was happy. My husband was a couple of years older. I'm not saying 10 years older, but a couple of years is a couple of years. And I think just letting them know how you feel early on. So there's no surprises because you're not going to really change. And, um, I also feel me dating younger. I didn't have a lot of experience. So there was not a lot, of, not a lot of comparison. Yeah. Whereas you get older and date more people or meet more people, you say, oh, I like this and that person, or I wish this person had that, but this. It's, yeah. But you have to get the best out of everybody and you learn to accept your faults and your strengths and your weaknesses. And I think it's just a balance. But, you know, like you've, you've said the 80-20 rule. I've heard you say that. You know, you're not going to get 100% perfection, but mm-hmm. it's okay. Agree to disagree. You yeah. Know? But um, I, like I said, I just think, you know, and I think as you get older, you don't need to date four years like I did because you kind of who you are. At 23, I didn't know who I was, but yeah, you know, I was mature enough to know I was, that he was the right person for me. It is crazy though, because even people who, you know, have dated someone for a year and then that's like all of a sudden after that year mark like some true colors start to come out like it's still very scary because I think it's very easy to act like you're a certain type of person or a certain way I mean I've seen a lot of my friends go through this I personally haven't but where they think that they know somebody and then all of a sudden like this whole other side comes out and you're kind of like how did I miss that but it's like people can act and like pretend to be a certain way but they can only act for so long before they slip up do you know what I mean? Well, like that's the scary part, though. Like I the, don't know how that happens, especially when you live with someone for a while. Well, and, but in the first year, most people aren't living with the person. I'm saying well, like a, if you're dating for oh, a dating year, for a year. I'm sorry. And okay. then all of a sudden, you're like, wait a second. Suddenly, you yeah. have I don't know possessive issues. Like I don't know something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I I just and just I think, trust your intuition and your gut. Yeah, that's for sure. Definitely go with your gut, and you don't. You know, I think the other thing is everybody wants a happily ever after. You have to sometimes accept that maybe your happily ever after is you you just being you and doing what you want to do. And if you could uh, be fortunate enough to find someone that shares the things with you and you find your happily ever after, that it would be great too. But it's okay Amen. to be, you know, have friends and have a great job and have a great, you know, social life and not find someone. But, you know, we all want like I said, that story, that's that fairy tale ending, but at the expense of what? To be divorced in three years because you thought that's what you wanted? Mm. I mean, again, I could have thought I wanted that 38 years ago and it could have not worked out. But for me, I think I was just very lucky that we both were very easygoing. We had, 
you know, simple but great family. I think you had the same you know, we had the same values, and goals and values. Yeah. You know, we talked about everything, how many kids, where we want to live, you know. You know, even me down to working. Like, was I going to work? I always went back to work when I had my kids, just part-time, so I could feel like I helped. But my yeah. goal was just to do, be with my kids as much as I can and be able to attend every activity I could for them, you know. What would you uh, say is like one of the main things that keep that that keeps your relationship alive now being together 38 you married 38 together god 40 something 40 well the the main thing is that my husband when my kids showed up I says hun um you're gonna be number two right now because I have a child (laughs) we we have Johnny boy didn't like that we have a child and he continued to put me first I mean yes he did help me with my children don't get me wrong but I was always his number one and I love that about him so I think him always make, putting me first before himself was always something that I adore about him. And we still go out every Saturday night. He plans our, our night out. Yeah, you guys um, always have done We dates. always have friends. We have, we're very lucky to have lots of different groups of friends. Um, I have family that live nearby. I keep in touch with my family, my cousins, my siblings. So, um, but you have to make, make the effort. You have to plan. Yeah. And, um, well, I think that's a know. big issue is a lot of people start to get too comfortable then they stop putting in the effort like you were supposed to date your boyfriend girlfriend husband wife fiance forever forever you're supposed to always be pursuing them and dating them forever and that takes effort once you get lazy and you get into this rhythm of being lazy it's very easy to like lose that quote-unquote spark or like that intimacy or like there's so many things that can get lost when you just stop putting in the effort like and it's it's like a relationship, no matter what, is hard work. And I feel like people expect it to just be this, like, walk in the park. And it's like, no. Especially as it gets more serious and you have more life events happen and more serious events and then you have potentially kids and all this stuff. Like, there's going to be a lot more bigger and tougher conversations that you're going to have to lean on each other for. Right, right. You know what I mean? And it's like, I don't know. I just... Well, the other thing you is... You always have to... I, I, I love to flirt with him because when Jenna told you when I first met him, he was awkward. Well, he still gets like, oh, stop. Like, I'll He's tell him how cute so he is. so awkward. And he gets crazy when I flirt with him. And I giggle because, you know, I still look at him and see that same boy that I met, you know, a long time ago. Yeah. So, um, you know, he definitely... But like I said, I, I he's very good to me. I'm... If I ever complained about him, someone better snap, smack me out of it because... Well, Johnny Boy does have good. a little bit of... Um, he thinks he's the master of every <laughs> conversation and topic in the world. Like, it's a running joke that I think that he's like... He thinks that he's a physical therapist and a doctor and a nurse. And he thinks that he's a surgeon. And he thinks <laughs> that he's like a teacher. Like, because he'll talk about something and I'll be like, no, dad, like X, Y, Z. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, I don't know anything. I don't have a medical background. Like, don't worry about it. It's like a running joke. Like, he's, he's like, I don't know how to explain, an attention seeker sometimes? He is an attention seeker. I remember he's the fourth child. Especially when I'm home. Yes. And another running joke is that when I come home, (laughs) he'll go and set the place mask for two people. And I'm like, dad, I'm literally here. He's like, oh, every time it's, oh. He's been better now. Yes. And, but and, I'm always like, what the? <laughs> I'm not a daddy's girl, basically. No, she is not a daddy's girl. So her seat at the round table is next to me. So when she shows up, he moves his placemat and he And he goes back to his typical his original seat. seat, which is across from me. I don't know why he doesn't like that seat. He gets to look at my eyes. I don't know. He's a but funny anyway, guy. He's a funny guy, but. All right. Interesting. So 
what would you say is the hardest thing about being a parent and then one of the easiest things about or like most rewarding things about being a parent oh my goodness the rewarding things is just when you look at what you've created and say i created that human and i'm responsible for that human and what what will that what will that person grow up to be and i think that just when they come home and they hug you or they kiss you and they there's nothing better than the warmth and the feeling that you get from your child you know there's just there's just nothing like it um the most difficult part yeah is the decisions you have to make it's really hard because uh, do you have an example curfews versus no curfews uh giving mm. rewarding versus no rewarding mm. um were you and dad on the same page on how to parent or I not really i basically took over because i was definitely the dominant parent you were the disciplinary i was the disciplinary <laughs> when yeah. when i wanted a yes to an answer i went right to dad and you know what my dad would say ask your mom and i was like no dad you're a parent too i'm asking you if i can go sleep over rachel's house and he'd be like <laughs> Well, I don't see what the issue is, but clarify with your mom. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> you said you don't, you, that's fine. I'm going, I'm going to tell mom that you said yes. And then I'm going to let you guys ball it out. Oh my God, am I a problem? <laughs> I did that. Well, I think, I'd be like, yeah, dad said I could go sleep over. And you'd be like, oh, he did. Actually, I think the story was that <laughs> you would ask him and he always says yes. You go, I'm going to call mom because you always say yes. And then she goes, I what? think it depended on my mood. What was I thinking? And I didn't always say no, but I didn't always say yes. Yeah, I think being a balance, I mean, discipline is hard. Um, being careful of who, you know, it was different for Jenna because girls tend to gravitate towards girls that are similar to them. We're but, a little bit more intuitive yeah, even as like a younger. Boys, boys just want to hang out with boys and fit mm-hmm. in and think they're cool so sometimes with that part when they're gravitating towards maybe kids that might not be a good fit you know you have to kind of you know try to persuade them to maybe find another friend to hang out with because your gut tells you that that might not be a good yeah. a good dynamic for your child you know the thing is though is like it always works out the way it's supposed yeah. to like yeah. lessons yeah. are going to be learned yeah. no matter how hard you try to like yeah. intervene like it's just yeah. inevitable especially as like a teenager say or a high schooler mm-hmm. would you say that um it was hard for you to <clears throat> watch us like basically leave the house in a sense i mean granted i'm obviously not fully moved out but i haven't lived home for a long period of time in two right. and a- almost yeah like two and a half years and my brother is married and he lives with his wife. So well, was that hard for you to like let go of? The thing is when you like your children, it's hard to let them go. Because I really, you know, <clears throat> when your kids are home, it comes with noise and friends and yeah, chaos. It doesn't feel empty. It's not empty, but yet, you know, you miss, you, you miss seeing them. So, you know, I think now Michael's been out a long time. And, you know, I'm glad I get to see him when I see him. Mm-hmm. And uh, you take your... You know, you go on hiatus for a few months and um, then you come home. And again, it's not forever, but um, you definitely miss spending time with them. And, you know, I know my time is limited with you because when you're home, you've got your friends and you like your your me time. And, you know, so I'll take any time I can get with you because you know how much I enjoy, you know, like doing this podcast, doing the podcast. We like, you know, she'll invite me for a walk when she's interested in, you know, not being by herself. Listen, no, no, it's true. Yeah. I sound like I'm like a harsh kid to, to maybe to the outside, whatever. But I, I, I think it took, 
I would probably say within the last three years, you've had a better understanding of how I operate without it, without taking it personally. Absolutely. Like if I want to go on a walk by myself, it does not mean like that I don't love you or want to spend time with you. It's just like something that I'm a little selfish about. I'm, I'm selfish in certain ways when it comes to like regrouping by myself. Um, especially depending on like what's going on in my life. And yeah, I would say right within the last few years, you've been so much better at at understanding and respecting that where I don't feel as bad telling you no, whereas I used to have a lot of guilt telling you like, no, I don't want you to come on this walk. Right, right. Does that kind of make sense? sense. No, and I know. Like our communication has been a little bit way better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I try it again. You start to learn as, because now this is the person she's going to be for the rest of her life. So when she asks me, like she has to make a decision, I said, whatever decision you make, I will back you because I want, I don't, if I make the decision for her, then I'm making decisions for her. But if she asks me, do you want to do this or that? That's different. She's giving me a choice. But she's like, what should I do? I says, Jenna, whatever you decide, I support your decision because I know it's what you're supposed to do. Um, you know, I listen to her when she's explaining sometimes, sometimes I put my two cents in and she, she may agree or disagree, but I know when it's acceptable to put my two cents in because sometimes she just wants me to hear her and not say anything. And again, that has come from long time of, you know, learning who she is as an adult. Well, that's the thing though, is obviously as a parent, you're getting to know your kid at all, all different ages and they're constantly evolving and changing. So it's like, you're learning a new person, like quite yep, literally like yep. every year you're, you know what I mean? But I and think, then when you become an adult, it's a little bit more consistent yes, yes. in behaviors and personality yes. and, and whatnot. Well, um, the person you are now, I feel that that's who you're going to be. I don't think you're going to be changing much. Yeah, because me neither. I think you've peaked at the person that you're supposed to be. And um, I love that person you've turned into. I think you, you've done great figuring out your stuff and, um, you know, so I'm very happy with how you've turned out and I know we will always be close because I get you. And if you mm-hmm. get your kid, you get your kid, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, all we want as parents is our kids to be happy. And all I would say, I just want you to be happy. And everybody's idea of what happy is could be just having a nice bedroom to sleep in or a fresh sheets. I mean, that could be happy, but you know, it doesn't have to be big things like, you know, million dollars in the bank. That doesn't mean it's happy. I just want, you know, your soul to be happy and always know you have a home to come home to and you always have a room in the inn. So that's <laughs> one thing, you know, if she got a dog, I did say she couldn't come home with the dog. I feel like if I actually got a dog, he would change your mind. Yeah, I just said You would just trap them in the kitchen where they couldn't pee. Anything but a dog. And I'm dog friendly. I just don't want a dog. I I asked for a dog every year for Christmas up until I was like 16 years old. Yeah. Yeah. And then I gave up because I was like, whatever. All right, so we're going to wrap up in a few minutes. But I'm going to ask you what your favorite thing about me is and your least favorite thing about me is. And I will not be offended at the least favorite. (laughs) But I'm just curious. You can name a few favorite things. I know there's like totally more than one. Well, my favorite thing is how when, when. <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say. My favorite thing. My favorite thing is your smile. When you smile. Okay, but that's physical. My I mean, heart like, opens. My I mean something opens. about My me. favorite thing is about your, your kind soul that you actually find the best in everybody. Yeah. Um, you really do dig deep. And, you know, even when someone's not. You know, your number one fan, you do try to find the best in everybody and give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that your your career makes you see so much and um, and you're compassionate. 
but you're also brutally honest. And I think <laughs> as much as that could be... Is that your least favorite thing? Rough, that could be my least favorite thing because sometimes you're not ready to hear what she has to say. But like I said, I've definitely gotten less sensitive and know she's not doing it to be mean. It's just because she's trying to help. I, I talk definitely. about the brutally honest. So my mom is like an amazing cook and she gets bored sometimes. So she'll try new recipes and whatever. And I remember like growing up, I never wanted to tell you that I didn't like something because I knew that you would get your feelings hurt. But I'm way past that now. Right. I'm like an adult. I'm like, yeah, she can handle the heat. So she made this like orange oh, marinated yeah, yeah. chicken yeah, like yeah. last week. And I, I don't even know if you heard me. I turned to dad. I was like, Oh my God, this is not good. I was like, I'm going to tell her. He's like, oh, I don't mind it. I'm like, you would literally eat like dirt off the road and be like, oh, if mom gave it to you and it would be good. I was like, do you think she can handle it? And he was like, oh no, Jen. So you came and I was like, Lee, this is not your best. Yeah, <laughs> so it, it, was, it was average. It and wasn't you were like, good. I got bored. I'm like, yeah, I'm I just did. saying if you were to make it again, I'd probably make my own dinner. Oh no, I'm not <laughs> making it again. That's already off the, uh, the list, but... Yeah, after cooking for 38 years, it's you have to come up with new things because it's very rare that I don't like something. But I just was like, I don't really get what this the hype of this is. The flavor was bizarre to me. But it was some TikTok lady or some somebody I followed, and I Uh, got some recipes. That's the red flag. Didn't work. You gotta stick to your like Betty Crocker or whatever your books are. My taste of so you would probably say your least favorite is my brutally honest at times when it's not welcome. I do try really hard to to make sure the person's in an okay space for my opinions and on honesty. Right, that's fair. That's fair. And I do try to word it differently depending on who I'm talking to. Like if I know they're a little bit more sensitive, I'd be like, oh, that might not be your best option. Do you have anything else? If it's like an outfit, for example. Yes, yes, yes. But I think that I just expect people to be honest back with me. And that's why I feel like I have to be honest to other people. But I do value your opinion because I know you wouldn't lie to me when I'm asking Yeah, like when something. you're when we're shopping and you're trying yes. on different clothes. Like, I'm going to tell you what looks good and not look yes, good. Yes, like I value gonna, that. I'm not yeah. going to say, well, yes, it does look good. Because I probably would buy more clothes if she shopped with me more often. So I guess you not being around saves dad a lot of money. Because, it, totally. Uh, oh, you've been shopping. I've been trying. You've been shopping. I've been trying, yes. Yeah, I'm proud I'm of you. To, I'm trying to spoil myself a little bit because I don't really you have to, like, spoil myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to say your least favorite thing was my, my sass and my attitude. No, because you got that from me. (laughs) (laughs) People are always like, oh, you're so sassy. I'm like, yeah, have you met my mom? You know what it is? It's like, when I do it, your facial expression sassy, you've been a lot better. Whereas like, I can kind of hide it, but I'm like word sassy. Yeah. yeah. You know? And the other thing I don't like is when you have the F-bomb come out of your mouth. That is my least favorite. I know. I know. It's not classy. Yeah, it's not classy. It's definitely not cute. I'll keep you anyway. All right. Last um, thing to wrap up. Do you have uh, any particular story that sticks out about my 29 years of living that you want to share on the pod? You know what I love? Jenna loves traditions. Jenna loves (laughs) things that... Like that, we don't want to talk about what happened on my 29th birthday. In her memory, she's a memory kind of a girl, and and I think I did my job if she feels (coughs) that strongly about things that we did for her throughout her childhood, you know. Um, so you know, the last few years, I know after COVID and her, you know, having birthdays home and the whole craziness. But we always made her a cake for her birthday. We always have her and her brother had combination birthday parties because they were three weeks apart. So we would have a family party and she would get 
a cake with a white cake with whipped cream and strawberries. And Michael homemade get, whipped cream. Don't get it twisted. And Michael would get bananas and probably chocolate pudding. And he was, you know, a lot easier. He ate anything. So, you know, <laughs> she she came came home and she goes, am I going to get a number last year? Because am I going to get a number on my get? Yes, I already bought the number. <laughs> Did you buy the, the, yeah. So she always drills me. But so I, I've been that way ever since I, it was a little. I mean, I remember, guys, like I, we got our bathroom renovated. And I remember being so upset. It was like a, we had pink tile in the bathroom. And you were like, obviously, I'm getting it renovated for right reasons. And I like wanted to keep a piece of the tile as like a remembrance. I wanted to like take pictures as a remembrance. Like, do I care about that now? No. no. But at the time, it was like, it felt so special to me. Because and then also roots. like, we had tradition on like how we celebrated Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And when my grandpa had passed when I was in high school, we switched up the tradition a little bit. Which obviously, as an adult now, I understand like why my aunts and uncles didn't want to do the typical because it was going to be like their first Christmas without their dad. It was my mom's my mom's dad. Um, but I I valued those traditions so much, and we finally brought them back again, and it just like literally made me the happiest person ever. Like well, I don't know what it is about me. I just. But that's your comfort. That's yeah. the comfort that we gave you all these years. So I kind of am happy that. You can feel always comfortable doing the things that brought you happiness. Like little so things. Like thing. I always opened a gift, one gift from you on Christmas Eve. Correct. I For a, a very, very long time, I always wore something that you gave me on like yep. on Christmas Day. Because like, I was able to buy you clothes. Yeah, there was a lot of like little things. And I, I, I think maybe because I want to do that, obviously bring tradition into like my future family if I have one. Like, yep, yep. And no, stuff, those, were, those were fun times, but... um. You know, the year that we, we were rotating homes these last few years of where we were having Christmas Eve and, mm-hmm. and Jenna was, it was my shift and she says, mom, could we have dinner at the house? And I said, well, you Absolutely. know what? Cause I think it was like, the first it was like Christmas COVID time. had hit. I was away that Christmas cause I was working in California as a travel nurse. I wasn't coming home. I had missed Christmas prior for being a nurse. So I think I also hold the holidays specifically a little bit more to my heart just because like. I mean, as a traveler, I have a little bit more flexibility, but when I become staff, like you do work the main holidays and that is like the time that I get to see majority of like my cousins. So, um, this was like, I think the first one I was going to be home since mm-hmm. COVID. So mm-hmm. that's why I think I was like, yeah. can we, and we arranged do the seven and fish and it do was everything great. again? It yeah. was great. But I'm glad you <clears throat> love your, your memories and your family. Cause that does make us happy. So. Yeah. All right, well, how do you feel? You were a little nervous before we started. You were like, what are we going to talk about? I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll... I just wung this whole entire thing, guys. I hope you know I'm basically a professional interviewer. Yeah, I think so. Because, <laughs> uh, I still have a raspy voice since uh, Cinco de Mayo, so please excuse Cinco me. Cinco de Mayo? Yes, I lost oh, my yeah, voice you, on yeah, Cinco yeah. de Mayo, and it hasn't come back. But thank you for uh, inviting me. I hope it's not too boring for uh, all your listeners. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe they could share it with their parents and, and kind of, I don't know learn from that um any last words advice to the population nope don't forget to always tell your kids you love them (laughs) because and if you're a child receive the love and receive the love yep all right well thanks so much for coming on lily you are welcome um i think that's it Uh, hopefully nicola and i can record again soon when everything is settled in for her and we can touch on some other topics and she can update you on her life and yada, yada, yada. But thanks so much for listening and we'll talk to you guys when we talk to you guys. Bye. You say bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>